Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. is playing for the national title. It's too long and Syracuse is your national champion. Who's out? Who's out? Who's out? Who's What's up, Syracuse fans? It's Mike McAllister from AllSyracuse.com, part of the Sports Illustrated Fan Nation Network with episode 93 of the Believe in Syracuse podcast presented by Bet Online. In this episode, we are going to discuss Syracuse football's new head coach. Syracuse officially announced the hiring of Fran Brown, Georgia defensive backs coach, as its new head coach. And so in order to get a little more insight into what Brown brings to the table, not only from a recruiting standpoint, but from an X's and O's standpoint, we have a special guest set to join us. The last of the major sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips, with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use the promo code BLEAV, B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. I have Brooks Austin, lead editor for Dogs Daily, the Georgia site on Fan Nation Sports Illustrated Network, to talk about Syracuse's new head coach, Fran Brown. Brooks, thanks so much for taking some time for it. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no doubt, Mike. So first question is, tell me about Fran Brown as a recruiter. I know that's kind of his number one thing. That's where he's kind of made his name. But what is he like as a recruiter? What makes him so successful on the recruiting trail? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people will know Georgia historically, or at least the last probably 10, you know, eight years under Kirby Smart is like an elite recruiting football program. Um, Every coach there is an elite recruiter, but the the area of the country that they've really not necessarily struggled, but they haven't gone in and just had the pick of the litter was that northeastern region, that that area of the country from, you know, kind of like Maryland on up into, you know, upper state New York. Um, that that whole region of the country, Georgia had not necessarily recruited at an elite level at. Um, and Fran Brown, the hiring of Fran Brown, the moment he got into, you know, or, or started rumblings of this hire, you know, originally to Georgia at the defensive back position, uh, that was the reasoning. That was the primary reason. This guy's going to put us in touch with anything that we really want to get into the room in uh, in the Northeast. So as far as a recruiter, he's an elite recruiter from 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 jump. He would have been an elite recruiter wherever he was going. If you stuck him out West, he'd figure it out just because of the personality uh, and, and his work ethic and just his, you know, personality, I should say. Um, but uh, you know, going to back to the Northeast, that was that was his home base. That's where everyone kind of knew of him as a, as a really, really elite recruiter, uh, even at a school, you know, like Rutgers, which is kind of, you know, even kill, if you will, with Syracuse now. So no matter where he's been in that region of the country, he's managed to pull off uh, elite talent. 
Yeah, getting uh, four-star recruits at Rutgers and Temple is is yeah. impressive. So, uh, th- you know, that was going to be my next question. It's obviously, as you mentioned, a lot different recruiting at Georgia than Syracuse, right? You go into a home, you go into a place at Georgia, and you can kind of say, these are the five guys we want, and you got a pretty good chance at, at getting them, right? You, you do that yeah. with Syracuse, and, and you're going to get funny looks. So how does a guy like Fran Brown take that recruiting prowess and use those skills to bring talent to Central New York? Yeah, I mean, at Georgia, you do get the pick of the litter. That is correct. But I, I found that in his, I mean, he's here for 18 months, essentially 19 months. In his 19 months, uh, you know, as the defensive back coach at the University of Georgia, I found them allowing him leeway to be selective and, and pick guys kind of off the board. I think of a guy like Daniel Harris, a kid that he signed in last class that hasn't, you know, he's a freshman this year. He hasn't really played much, but that was a selective one from, from Fran Brown. It was like, I, I want that guy, you know, we, we can pick all of the five stars, right? You get to land Ellis Robinson because you're at the university of Georgia. All right. Five-star cornerback, number one cornerback in the country, probably the highest rated corner that Georgia's ever really signed. Um, had a lot to do with Fran Brown and just Georgia in general, but also a guy like last class. And like I said, Daniel Harris, which is, you know, big, long, fast, uh, more of a projection type that, that Fran Brown went on. So what I'm trying to tell you is, yeah, he can land the five stars. He can land the four stars. He can land the elites of the elites that normal player or normal recruiters don't have the ability to do at a place like Rutgers or at a place like Temple, like you mentioned. But he also has the ability to identify talent and unique talents um, as well. So I, I found them giving him leeway at a place that doesn't necessarily give a lot of, uh, you know, traditional leeway to first year guys. You kind of got to earn your right to take a stab on type of, you know, projection football players at a place like Georgia. And they gave him that from jump. So they must have trusted his uh, his his ball knowing skills, if you will. Right. His his ability to identify talent. Yeah, and that's going to be key at Syracuse, I think, because it's, as we said, it's different than Georgia. So you have to be able to find some of those guys uh, in order to fill out your roster. But that brings me to my next point is tell me about him as a coach. How What has he done as far as developing talent, coaching the secondary? Uh, I know, obviously, he's dealing with elite players there, but uh, what is what is the reputation he has as far as uh, his coach, how he is as a coach, players coach, discipline, disciplinary coach, and how he does it in terms of talent development? Yeah, definitely a high energy players coach type of guy. This is a really, really young football coach. Um, but just in terms of like his football prowess, like how smart of a guy is this guy? How like uh, schematical is this dude? You don't you don't apply for a Georgia coaching job and don't get thrown onto the board at the University of Georgia. Okay, so when, what do I mean by that? I mean that you had to go into a room this past you know two off seasons ago as as a Fran being Fran Brown. And you had to sit down and talk schematics with Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp, and Glenn Schumann. Those are like the smartest defensive minds in in the sport of college football. And you had to not necessarily woo them, but you had to have the ability to talk on their level and talk with them and and explain to them your process and how you go about that. So just getting the job, I knew, all right, this is a a guy that's going to be able to stand in and box with football schematics like that is required to coach at the University of Georgia. But more importantly than that, man. Mike, I I watched them last year against Oregon. Okay, last year against Oregon, 2021. Fran Brown's first game as a defensive backs coach, okay, at the University of Georgia, coming, uh, you know, entering their their first year trying to win a national title in 2021. And Fran Brown has corners, you know, flip-flopping left and right, okay? And and what, what do I mean by that? They had one corner, okay, playing boundary and one corner playing the field. 
Every single time the ball was on the left hash, Keely Ringo would go into the left boundary. Kamari would play the field. This is something that Georgia hadn't done. They don't, they don't do this. They play left corner, right corner because pace of offense, you don't want to be flip-flopping all this good stuff, right? They don't travel. They don't flip. This is not what they do. I'm like, why, why are they doing this? What, what is this? Well, I never got an answer because in season, they don't give me schematical answers at Georgia. But I got it during SEC media days this week or this year, okay, when I asked Kamari Laster, hey, I know, random question. Why were you guys flipping against Oregon last year? What the hell's going on there? Y'all don't do that. What's going on? And his answer was, Coach Fran had noticed something on film with what they do. So we flipped. We wanted to. We wanted to be in the boundary with our speed guy. We wanted to be to the field with our cover guy because they like to take shots into the boundary. Dude, this is his first football coaching opportunity. Okay, first game ever, and he walks into Kirby Smart and Glenn Schumann's office and is like, "Hey, I think we should do something y'all don't ever really do because I know that they like to do this." And the coaches didn't bat an eye. They were like, "All right, sounds good." They did the same thing this year against Luther Burden in Missouri. Okay, Georgia ha has an elite defensive back core. Everybody knows that. They're really, really talented. But Luther Burden's uniquely talented in his own right in the slot. So what did Fran Brown do? Fran Brown on Monday said, hey, coach, um, I want to put Kamari Lasseter in the slot. You okay with that? Yeah, coach, we'll do it. We'll do whatever you want to do to make it happen. So what, what kind of a football mind do you have? You have a football mind that convinced other elite football minds that his way at times was the right way. That, that's a, a pretty strong endorsement, I think. Uh, like you said, Kirby, Kirby Smart and Will Muschamp, that's as good as it's going to get at the, the defensive side of the ball at, at this level. Uh, speaking of which, what type of defense do you see him installing at Syracuse? Do you think he's going to keep it similar to what Georgia does there? What, what what types of options could you see him running up at Syracuse? I mean, everybody everybody's nickel-based anyway, so you'll start there. They'll, they'll be a base personnel, five defensive back type of football team. Um, and everybody else is trying to play four two five mint. Um, which is a way of playing odd fronts out of even personnel. So you'll have three traditional defensive linemen, and you'll have one stand-up outside linebacker. You'll play two inside linebackers, uh, a Mike and a Will, and then you'll play five defensive backs. You'll try to be multiple as possible, um, and eventually you'll want to be a cover football team, a man-to-man -man football team. Um, but I doubt – I don't mean to discredit Syracuse, but – it's pretty clear you're not going to have the defensive back talent at Syracuse that you did at Georgia. So you can't run some of the stuff at Syracuse that you did at Georgia. But your base building blocks nowadays in 2023, um, for most defenses, if you turn on college football nowadays, they're 4 2 5 nickel. So that's what you'll be. Well, I mean, you're not wrong as far as the talent goes. The Syracuse yeah. just gave up 31 points to Wake Forest, who has maybe the worst offense in the ACC, and they torched Syracuse over the top multiple times, yeah. which shouldn't happen because their offense is bad. But um, in your opinion, last question here, in your opinion, does Fran Brown have the makeup to be successful at a place like Syracuse? I know it's obviously a big leap going from position coach to head coach. Is that too big of a leap, or, or do you think he's got the tools to, to make this work up at Syracuse? You know, it was funny when he first got hired at Georgia, I'm like asking sources like, hey, tell me about this guy. What, what's this dude about? And one of the first things I was told was that Jimmy Sexton is his agent. OK, and if you don't follow college football real in deep, you don't understand that there's only like three big agents in this sport. Jimmy Sexton is a super agent. All right. And Jimmy Sexton during this time only had clients that were head coaches except for two. Okay, so all of his client book was all head coaches, all the big ones too, the monsters, all right? 
And he had two of these like assistants that were on his clientele. One of them, Jeff Levy, just was uh, announced as the head coach of Mississippi State. Got a, a hefty price tag too. I think sure six million. Um, so that guy and Fran Brown. Like, why why is Jimmy Sexton representing a defensive backs coach? Well, because he knew what we knew. He knew what we know now. This dude was going to be a power, power five football coach somewhere, like sometime soon and very, very soon. And he's going to take an untraditional path, and it doesn't matter. So I, I would imagine Syracuse Brass had a decision. We either be the football team, the power five football team, to give this guy a head coaching job, or somebody else is. Two, you know, maybe 12 months from now, maybe 14 months from now, but it might as well be us now because this guy is eventually going to be a head football coach. Um, so yeah, he got to skip the defensive coordinator route. And and it's untraditional, but you took a stab on him. And again, everybody in this world, everybody in the know-alls of this world knew this guy was gonna get one of these jobs sometime soon, or else why in the hell would Jimmy Sexton be representing the dude? Yeah, it's funny too because I've I've had a lot of high school coaches, especially in Jersey, responding yeah. to my reporting on Fran Brown and how the, all of that's been kind of you know percolating, and the response has just been, "You guys don't understand what you're getting." So no, he's a, he's a guy. He, he's a, he's a uh, a soon to be superstar. Okay. Um, now I don't know if it's going to pan out at Syracuse, but it's going to pan out somewhere. That's what everybody tells me that knows this dude. Um, this is going to be one of them ones. Well, we'll see how it works out up here at Syracuse, but uh, Brooks, appreciate your time and your insight. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. No doubt, Mike. You have a good one. That'll do it for episode 93 of the Believe in Syracuse podcast. For Brooks Austin, I'm Mike McAllister, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.